0: Let's drop the green flag on this episode of
1: the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing.
0: So here we are, the Talent Tank, live from Lasertown with the man, Cody Wagner. How are you, Cody? Doing good. Doing good. So King of the Hammers 2020. 2020. Yeah, we're on the lake bed, and we just survived the Super Bowl plus a ridiculous windstorm last night.
1: Yeah, it was, it was blowing pretty good.
0: It was blowing something else. Well, you have been so gracious as to uh, extend the Talent Tank carte blanche access to Lasertown down here south of Hammertown uh, for filming this week and, uh, and recording. Thank you. You're welcome. This place is amazing.
1: Thanks for thinking of Lasertown.
0: And everyone that we've had in here for interviews has just been floored by how cool this place is.
1: That's It's where dreams come true. So what's the story here? <laughs> uh, the story of Lasertown. Well, um, it all started when a buddy, uh, an acquaintance off-roader, said, hey, do you want to buy some private property out in at the Hammers? I said, where's their private property? There's no private property out there. It's BLM land. Well, come to find out, there's 10, 20, 40-acre parcels. I, I think there's about 20 of them that no one really has developed. And uh, he had it was a 10-acre parcel. The guy didn't pay his property taxes. It was at auction. And it was $3,200 if no one bids. So there's four partners. It was at any $800 buy-in to the 10 acres. I'm like, okay, cool. So I gave him 100 bucks, and we had this 10 acres of dirt out of the hammers and from there we went out there and surveyed the four corners 660 by 660 10 acres and uh we're like okay what are we gonna do now well let's put a fence around it no one wanted to spend any money on a fence and plus it would kind of block the beauty let's do a berm you know sometimes you see those berms out in the middle of any, anywhere so on the middle of the desert so we got some heavy equipment moved all the brush sagebrush out of the way and made this berm and then it turned in uh, to a sand pit. I mean, literally, it was a, you couldn't drive. It was a sand pit. There's so much sand out here. It's—it's—it's it's, it's like Glamis, just pure sand. So we brought a water truck in, and we made a wagon wheel, and uh, had King of the Hammers, and uh, we always had this prevailing wind that would blow to the east. I, I'm so bad with direction. But anyways, I got one container because I was tired of my RV getting just thrashed when the wind would come up, sandblasted. So I bought this one container and we parked it and that's where we kept all our crap that I hate taking back and forth right. from the desert, the wood and the, you know all the stuff that you'd lug out and you lug back in. It's just so annoying over the last 25 years. So we put that in the container and it just snowballed from there. So one container and then after, then after that, We set up our big tents for King of the Hammers, carpet, sandbags, the whole thing. Two hours later, sitting at the fire, that effing wind comes up like it did last night. Tents just completely gone. gone. And I'm like, okay, we're not going to have tents this year for King of the Hammers because I'm not, we're not. I'd have six guys set up these bitchin' tents, and the tents were just destroyed. So I'm like, well, if I get two more containers and make a U-shape, I have a laser-cutting facility. We can cut out all the parts, you know, build some trusses. So we built the forty by forty uh, container, which is there out a little there, little shop out there, a little shop out there, and that was our tents. And then from there, we was like, "Oh, well, we need some water. You know, I'm tired of trucking in water because I wanted trees. There's no trees out here." No, you
0: <laughs> so we, we do have a few. You have well, planted? Yeah, them yeah. Up, we right? put and we there, put, put there, a couple of pine,
1: yeah a couple pine trees and uh, I forgot uh, a couple trees. Mm-hmm. I'm not real good with tree names, but uh, we did get the trees. So we put the well in. And two partners wanted out because my ambition or money spending or whatever you want to call it was they, outpacing their interest. They they were not, and they were they're in a different part. You know things change, so I had to buy two of them out. So I had one partner, and uh, one Thanksgiving um, we had an issue and whatnot. So I bought him out too. So I learned a lot about partnerships. A lot don't have partnerships. If you cannot have a partnership, it's not. People change. They do. Their wives get involved. The life gets in the way. Kids happen. It, it's not, you know, it could be all roses. And then three years later, it's not the same. You know, people go different directions. So partnerships, I strongly don't recommend it. It was really a rough situation. So anyways, I'll own the property. I'm like, okay, well, we come out here almost two months a year. Well, I mean, 60 days for Christmas, for Thanksgiving. Let's, let's put a house out there. Well, we can't put in any normal house like a manufactured home, which would have been a lot easier. Yeah, right. We need something that robust. Someone's not secure. going, yeah, secure. That's the key word cuz right over the hill in Landers, um, well, anywhere out here, there's there's people that
0: nefarious individuals looking for free handouts.
1: Well, yeah, I mean they're on a substance. Yeah. They they when the money runs out.
0: It's an em, it's an epidemic in go, this country. Yeah, it's terrible. And these small communities are just laced with it. I mean, yeah. they, I say at least they've been fleeced <laughs> by it.
1: So we, we, we got a couple containers on my work. I have two acres behind my work, and we put these big beams up. We're on the container house now. Put these big beams up, got the containers, put them on the beams, leveled them up the best we can, and I wanted to do two stories. Well, two stories logistically is a pain because you need stairs and ceilings. So we said, you know what, let's just do 10, 10, 10 long. It's 3,200 square feet. So we put ten containers. Started cutting the walls out, and it, it, it. A lot of people think, "Oh, just buy a container and make a container house." It's it's not that easy. It's a it's it's actually more expensive bigger, than building a double, traditional home. Yeah, figured double of a traditional home, in money, time, and effort. It, it, it's a lot of work.
0: But at the end of the day, you have a end of the very day.
1: This thing is robust, sick. I didn't even hear the wind blowing last night. I mean, it's so you, It is so quiet. It's so well insulated. We did underestimate insulating the floors. We didn't insulate the floors when we first put it in and it was thirty two degrees outside. Well the floor is thirty two degrees. Oh it'll freeze your feet. <laughs> so we had to we did a foam insulation and now now we're good. But yeah, it was it's was thirty two degrees well, mid thirties last night and it was seventy degrees in here. In this
0: place, I mean just looking around, it's nicer than most homes. It's gorgeous. It's Sitting here, you wouldn't even realize that you're in a container,
1: and that's home. that's the feel. I we I, I love having my family. I'm not I'm not I'm not. It's not a bachelor pad. I love having my four year old, my fourteen year old, mother in law, friends. It it's all about being comfortable, and and when that wind comes up, or it, it snowed four inches a month ago out here for Christmas, or it rains, or whatever the case may be, it's nice to be able to come in, have some space, not be on top of each other. And enjoy it. If you aren't comfortable, at least for me and my family, you aren't going to want to go. I mean, my my family looks forward to going out to the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere, and have fun. And just
0: getting away. Just getting away. What I found really cool talking to Jason Shear recently was you open up your home regularly. And so Jason was talking about coming out here and testing and tuning before KOH. And you were like, hey, are you going to grab a shower? And Jason was like, eh. Ah. Like, well, it's you know, hot water. And he's like, wait, a hot water shower? Yeah, I could be lured into that. But so getting out here and seeing you are like the nicest, friendliest guy in the world. You've you've got a ton of friends out here that that come out for these things. And so they've got their RV setups, they've got their race setups. There's a there's a handful of racers that race out of your compound and Correct. are set up here, and it's really cool that you uh you know, that you open your your house up to this this community to friends and the friends that have developed and it's like again you open it up to to us and
1: well, that's I'm what really it's grateful. all about it's all about sharing the experience and 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 you know if you just keep it all to yourself what there's no fun in that there's no and
0: where's the memories there yeah right so. well how we got here is pretty amazing talk about you know family community but family you have continued to expand this because of how much your family enjoys coming out here
1: yeah, we I made it. I so I used to camp over on the other side of Boone Road, and the worst thing about it is you don't know if you're going to have a spot, especially at King and the Hammers Week. You don't know who you're going to camp next to, and and I've never. We never, and we're pretty protective parents. You know, I don't want my kid to get ran over because when typically when someone comes out to the desert, it's like free for all. You know, I am away from the house. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a, a good time, and hopefully, I remember it the next day. That's just allowed a lot of people's. View things and we we've been doing this for 30 years and i've I've never been that just hasn't been me i mean i i enjoy coming out having a good time and the family being being safe i've seen a lot of things over the years people getting killed ran over i i just it was just a safe place i my kid can go out the out the house and driver quad and and have a good time. There's no nails. I groom it every day, which that's my. It's kind of I've my zen seen garden. That. It's I've kind of seen my. That. That's like my downtime is driving my truck around and 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 getting rid of all the tracks. It's, it's weird, but that's just me.
0: No, like the little guys, <laughs> like the Mr. Miyagi and his <laughs> yeah. bonsai tree. And so I'd he- I'd heard about this. I'd heard like Cody's place. It's always <laughs> immaculate, and he keeps it immaculate. And you, it's I equate it to when you vacuum a room and you vacuum your way out of the room so that there's no footprints that's and steps and then, that. and then you realize you left your keys on the other side of the bed, and you got to walk <laughs> over there and you, like, you leave these <laughs> footsteps and you're like, Oh, I got to get the vacuum out to get that.
1: Well, that's, that might be a child with a dish. You just brought something up. I just thinking about, there was one room when I was a kid that was vacuumed with lines that you could not go in. And, and you, if I ran in it, it was, it was the family room, living room, the living living room. It was that room, so maybe that's why I have this whole line issue. That's funny. I don't know. I'm a little bit OCD on stuff, like, and
0: I see what you're doing, and I f- I'm fully behind it. So <laughs> much to so much to the sense. No, Cody keeps it all of the the sand very groomed. It looks like a freshly vacuumed. Rug. Yeah. There's no tracks. That's funny. And so once I realized that Cody groomed it, it made sense. He's got his very amazing Raptor with a a drag behind it. And you just put around and drag and drag out. So as soon as I saw that you do that, I stopped making new tracks. I started trying to (laughs) drive in on either someone else's tracks or drive out on my own track. So because I know like, I'm like, wow, I get it. Like I I totally see where you're at on that. And then it started making sense to me. The several times that we've talked on the phone is you're not a big texter. You're good. You're, You're amazing on social media. Your social media presence is awesome. And the stuff that you show on social media is right up my alley. But, yeah, we've had conversations on the phone, and I've always thought, felt like you were just sitting in your truck idling in traffic. And then to see I'm like, I bet he was out here, put it on the Bluetooth. and you...
1: Yeah, well, the, the sales coverage, coverage isn't real good around the property, but I, I, I drive 45 minutes to work and 50 minutes home every day. So that's kind of my downtime. So that's probably when to, I was talking to, to you. To
0: catch up. Yeah. So you guys live, I mean, it's not an insane far drive from here, but you guys live down in San Clemente, Yep. and you've lived there your whole life?
1: No, we actually lived inland in Yorba Linda when I was three years old until I was born in Whittier, California, and uh, lived in Yorba Linda from 3 to 15. Then my dad really loved the ocean and loved going to Catalina Island and uh, the ocean. So we moved down to San Clemente when I was 15, went to San Clemente High School, graduated in 94, and uh, pretty much was a surf bum. I, I had long hair in the middle of my back. I was never going to get a job. I
0: think I'm going to need to see pictures of this oh, at some we, point. We, we got them.
1: And I, I would surf every day. I'd surf. I'd be in the water six to eight hours a day. Lindsay, she's my high school sweetheart who I'm married to, and uh, she would sit on the beach and take pictures all the time, and I, I was going to just be a surf bum. Why, why, why work? This is great. You know, this right? is life. And then I got a job at Price Club. Or Costco now. Okay. And uh, yeah, I had to cut my hair, you know, because you know you had to look presentable, right? And not a from there. But and I, and I have always worked for my father too. So, anyways, yeah, San Clemente is my hometown, and we we still live there. Small little community called Capistrano Beach. Okay. And uh, we love it. I, the older I get, the more I feel it'd be nice to get away from all the people, because when I was a kid, it didn't really. Notice it, I guess, but now i it, it just oh there's more there, I, no, I, I just I think I'll enjoy the being away from it the solemnness out here yeah the, or
0: at least the ability to escape it every yeah. time and then it's nice
1: because when you come out here there's and not on King and the Hammers week, it, it is quiet it is like eerie quiet like you hear you can hear the pine tree you know the wind blowing and and the stars are amazing, and it's just it's just it's really cool well
0: i I want to take a little tangent on that quietness. <laughs> This has been a handful of years ago. I was coming down Spooners with a bunch of guys pre-running. I want to say maybe it was 13, somewhere in that era, and I lost a fuel pump. We didn't have spare fuel pumps, so the guy that was riding with me got in with somebody else, and they ran all the way back to Hammertown from Spooners. You know, that's quite a drive. And they were bombing, but I it was very warm out. The rocks, the sun had heated up the rocks. I'm laying down on a rock, and once they motored out of earshot, it became definitely quiet like you're it's crazy how much uh, white noise is in your life at all times and outside of that you put yourself in a vacuum with no noise and there was no wind, no noise and my ears actually like almost started to hurt like look around <laughs> and I fall asleep on this rock only to be woken up maybe 30 minutes later by uh, some of the Marine base, find a couple of helicopters down the valley floor. I woke up, I watched them for a little bit, and I fell back asleep. That's great. Laying on a rock out by Spooners, and then those guys made it back with the fuel pump. We changed a fuel pump left, but the thing that floored me was, I i can't think of the uh, another time previous to that or post that that I've ever been in such a quiet place. So quiet that it was definitely quiet. Yeah. That's cool and we've heard people say say definitely quiet never experienced it until yeah I don't know that, amazing but' we'll jump back to Saint Clemente and and you know you mentioned you know, where you were, went to work having to cut your hair but your father had a pretty big business you guys were into industrial equipment uh, I believe making powder coating systems
1: yeah yeah my dad my father started uh, industrial process equipment IPE which is the parent company of lasernut lasernut we made a division. Um, of, of that company, and uh, we built powder coat systems and put them all over the world. And, uh, powder coat systems for office, office furniture, like steel case, um, wheel lines, like prime wheel, and um, wheels. Uh, you, you name it, we've we did, done a lot of work. And what it was great for about 20 years. Then when 2000 hit, we, we, we were able to buy a building, we rented a building for 20 years because we, we could never afford one. So we bought this building, 32000 the one we're in today. And uh, we, my dad would always say we needed to diversify. And uh, equipment kind of went dead. Man, there was uh, way too much surplus of powder coating equipment. Manufacturing was going overseas, going to Mexico. So there just was no equipment to, to uh, build. So we were on our way to a rock crawling competition because my dad used to spot for me. And that was 2006. And he, he, we got to the rock crawling competition. He's all, son, I think we're going to buy a laser. And I'm like, what, what is a laser? Oh, it's something you cut metal out with. I go, okay, cool. Well, when are we going to get it? So we got this laser used because we, we, a, a, we couldn't afford a new one. So we bought this used Mazak 1500 watt laser. We spent a year learning how to run it. We spent a year learning how to run it. And in 2007, we all got back into the board meeting, leadership meeting, the five of us, and we're like, okay, who's going to go get the work? I don't know. Were, you know like, okay, well, I, I mean, I'm not doing the equipment stuff, so I, I'll start going. Raise your hand. Yeah, and- I raised my hand. I said, I'll go get it. So I started going door to door, literally door to door. And that was when the recession was. the. It was a pretty yeah, good recession. Oh
0: uh, seven, oh eight and leading into the first quarter of '09 was... yeah bad for the most of the country it was pretty bad so for closure rates off the charts
1: so luckily my dad you know he always say for a rainy day he, yeah that's what he always say he always make sure you save for a rainy day son you know make sure you have some money in the bank so you can when that rainy day comes you can get through it and he, he's always done that so we got through it and uh started going door to door and make a made a stupid little postcard up and sent them out got the the cis codes of Certain companies that made products and sent them all out to them, got customers that way. And then I started hitting up my sponsors for rock crawling. And uh, a lot of my sponsors um, needed laser cutting. So one of the big things was exhaust flanges. And one of the things I did, I still find it hilarious, is I went to a competitor's website. And the competitor lists all his references of all the companies he does work for. So I'm like cool, I'll start. That's a call list. Calling, making the call list. <laughs> so as soon as I started getting the work, it was it was hilarious. I started getting the work from the call list. I went back to that website like six months ago, and that list wasn't there anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I can see that. <laughs> and and it all it's always so the fifteen hundred watt laser couldn't could, had a hell of a time cutting out three eighths flanges because it's only fifteen hundred watts. So. It's like, "Hey, Dad, I think we need to get a, a bigger, powerful laser. So in 2009, we got a 4,000 watt brand new laser, and it, it cut out flanges like butter. and then it kind of turned into like, well, if that laser goes down, we're out of business, so we probably had to get another one. So then 2010 we got our third one, and then 13, we got our fourth one, and then 15 we got our our fifth one. So we still had the five lasers. Um, one of the things I need to focus on the next couple of years is going to new technology, which is a fiber laser. We have CO2 lasers okay. and they're more efficient. They cut faster. And, uh, we're definitely going to need to go to a, the, the new laser. It, it this, I, the, the cut quality just isn't there just yet. So I've been waiting for it to get a little better, but, uh, that's, that's, we'll be able to replace two of our CO2s with, with this, one with
0: one of those. And more efficient,
1: more efficient, less power, less consumables. It's it just a better mousetrap. And
0: at the end of the day, uh, the finish on it <laughs> is better, and it's like able to pull right out and use and be welded. Or right
1: now, right? they still have a little burr a little on. Curve. That's why we haven't. No, it's not a curve. It's a burr on the bottom of the part. So. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, you can do a secondary process. And, and like I don't want to do – right now, our our parts come off, and you count them, and they all go off to the customer. So uh, the technology is going to – it always gets better. Yeah, we will get there. So I'm
0: just waiting for that. That's awesome. And so what happened in you guys sitting in a, a meeting in a boardroom with you raising your hand and you and this used laser that your dad had picked up in this 32,000 square foot facility, 2006, 2007, starting this business going into the recession – how many employees do you have today?
1: We have sixty-five employees. That's
0: just absolutely amazing job creation, right there at its finest.
1: Yeah, we. I think when we we had like ten, and then uh, we run two shifts. We run twenty-four hours a day if need be. We're not afraid of overtime. A lot of companies, laser companies, their backlogs. Forties. Most of them are four to six weeks out. We pride ourselves on if you want something laser cut, you get it in three to five days, which is which is a quick turnaround time. And if you want something laser and bent, it's five to seven days. And our quality is—we we, we pride ourselves on quality. We have no salespeople. I, I guess I'm the salesperson. Uh, you're, I, I you're still a good one, though. do do it here and there. But uh, it's not like we have a sales force or our marketing. The the marketing is more of living the a lifestyle and being part of the community. That's that's kind of where I've taken that. And what what is the
0: main focus or industry that you guys service to?
1: Mainly the um, aftermarket um, car or automobile industry a lot of off-road parts bumpers skid plates flanges uh suspension arms a lot of the guys running the king of the hammers this weekend they're they they have a lot of my parts that yeah, i came off of that, that we your touched tables. you know yeah it's
0: cool no i've seen that like you know from the all the suspension manufacturers for the the bolt-on stuff to even <clears throat> the high-end stuff a guy can go you know design his part email it into LaserNet. you guys burn it and sh- ship it back to him yeah and five to seven days for a bent part. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. We've got, got a few jobs out here. The people are going to come pick it up from laser laser town. I mean, <laughs> that,
0: what amazing service that is. Oh, I think that's really, really cool that so many that you have your hand and your fingerprint on, or let's say LaserNet DNA is on so many vehicles out here this week.
1: Yeah. That's, and the one thing that I'm really proud of is I, I really wanted to make it a goal to, to make cool trophies and we, we make all, we, we make all the trophies for ultra four, which is this beautiful piece of aluminum. That's, that's killer. That's TIG welded and, um, laser cut and bent and laser edge. It, it's really bitching that we, we aren't making in the first place monster. I believe took care of that this year Okay, king of the hammers, but the seconds and the thirds and, Oh, you yeah, see, those. You,
0: you see any of the pictures from any of the photogs afterwards. You know, yeah. The ones those big, and yeah. they're holding them up. And, uh, I interviewed Cody Addington not long ago and Cody has a shelf directly behind his desk in his house of all of his trophies. And he even has a story that people say, aren't you going to put those somewhere? And he goes, <laughs> when I'm done looking at them, because they are, they're, they're, they're beautiful works. So you talked about rock crawling and going after your sponsors for for expanding your business. How did you get into wheeling? How did you get into rock crawling? You're heavily accomplished World champion on multiple years uh, in the crawling scene. How did that happen?
1: Well, (laughs) it's pretty funny. So I had this reliable 1988 Toyota pickup truck that I'd drive in high school. And my buddy, uh, Mike Edwards, he had this uh, CJ7 Jeep. And he'd always say, "You you really need to get a Jeep, Cody. You need to come out to the desert. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. So anyways, he somehow convinced me to sell my reliable Toyota pickup truck, sold it. Got forty five hundred bucks for it, and bought this piece of shit nineteen seventy one CJ five Jeep, okay, for forty five hundred bucks. And uh, do you still have it today? Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I would have sold it. But my wife said you're not selling it, so it, I still have it. She's she
0: is amazing. <laughs> By the way, so I've, Cody's wife has been amazing. She made made my coffee this morning. So sweet and yeah. then to find out that you guys are high school sweethearts she's like, the better she's surprised.
1: the better half of me you know she's you' got to have a good partner in crime to, to do
0: you know live life and support you and make you the man ab- you are yeah and she's
1: always supported me and has she's a great wife great great partner in crime
0: and then as we saw a little bit ago cody's wife, cody's daughter came and joined us for a little bit. She's something else too. She's
1: yeah, she is. Hopefully, hopefully, she's going to be my driver. My fourteen-year-old, she's in the ballroom dancing and has no interest at all, which is fine. <laughs> in rock crawling or anything, but Lacey, she, she, I'm hoping she loves to ride her quad and razor, and I'm hopefully she'll be my driver. Uh,
0: but don't count the 14-year-old out. I mean, as you said, like, when we were talking about the partnerships,
1: people change. Yeah, she wants to change. play pool. She wants to learn how to play pool. So maybe she's going to be a bar fly when she grows up or something. <laughs> <laughs> so so you got into rock crawling through the CJ5. Yeah, so CJ5, bought the CJ5, went out to this huge event called uh, Terra de Sol. It still, it still goes GDS. on. GDS. And they have these notches and hills. And I'm like, man, this is really cool. You go out here, you throw a tent up. We, that's when we actually tented. And then back in the, one was the 90s? Yeah, or, uh, mid-90s. And uh, I saw this guy and he was all twisted up with his yellow flat fender bitchin' Jeep. And I'm like, man, who's that? Oh, that guy's crazy. He rolls over every year and he's he does, goes up the hills and flips. And I'm like, who? Is, oh, it's Jason Bunch. I'm like, oh, Jason Bunch. He owns Tri-County Gear, and he's an old-timer now. But he, I went there to, to Tri-County Gear, got an SM420 transmission so I can go real slow, and um, a Detroit locker in the rear, and I spent enough money with Tri-County Gear. I, uh, he invited me out to a customer appreciation at the Hammers. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I went out there in 1994, and uh, we uh, went over to Sledgehammer, and he walked me through the entire trail sledgehammer i had no power steering 35 inch tires and a posse in the front and i learned how to wheel from jason bunch walking me through the trail and then we i think it was claw hammer also and i fell in love i'm like this is this is bitching it's i mean i i've never been that guy that they go out to the desert to go anywhere go to a bar and just drink beer and hang out it, it just it, i've never i don't understand it really um, I've always have to be doing something. And that was like, you go to a trail and you got to get 10 vehicles or 20 vehicles through the trail. It's an all-day event. People breaking, tires popping. It was just bitching. So I slowly built my Jeep up in, in the mid-90s. And then uh, I saw these rock crawling competitions popping up. And Jason was really good at the rock crawling. Him and Kevin Hawkins and the Curries and... Uh, twisted custom jason Polly, and i went to one of those events and i'm like man this is really cool and they didn't have a modified stock class and I, I couldn't afford a buggy so in 2001 they came up with a modified stock class and i went down to las cruces new mexico and we got second place i beat frank curry of curry enterprises i'm like wow that was cool i mean he had this red you know it was always yeah. really cool equipment equipment and they, they're like they know how to rock crawl they do like man, we might be pretty good at this. So my dad was spotting. He always he would spot me, I and mean, we'd have a father son, freaking yell match. Heads. Oh yeah, because he's a red and I'm a red, and we just just pound. He's <laughs> like, you you took me into that cone one time. He knocked the cone over. He actually walked into it. And I was like Get your head! yeah, yeah. So we don't pound heads as much. Um, he's kind of mellowed out over the years, um, and I I mellowed out too. But so we 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 got third or second place. And I'm like, man, maybe maybe we're pretty good at this. So we started doing all the competitions in that little yellow Jeep. 83-inch wheelbase sprung under, narrow leaf springs. Um, It was just this cute little yellow Jeep that somehow got up these things that it should not have had no business on. So um, we modified it. We were losing competitions because we couldn't do a front burn. So, oh, we had to put an atlas in. So we were—I remember the late nights in the garage, putting the atlas in and getting the belly up higher, and you know, doing little tricks here and there. And it, it's uh, kind of snowballed into getting sponsors. At one point, Lindsay was doing the marketing. We got Detroit Locker. They came and like they liked our whole team and everything. And Detroit Locker was—we were the Detroit Locker guys, and we were actually making money because you never would break any parts. I, I was real conservative. I wasn't that guy that. Just go for it, hopefully you make it. We 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 would we were pretty. You could stack rocks. Let's just put it that way. I would stack a shit shitload of rocks. I stack five <laughs> minutes of rocks because you know the guys with the hundred inch wheelbase they could get up on the ledge, and my little eighty three inch wheelbase it doesn't get up on the ledge. I had to stack. I had to make a road, but it's part of the rules. So you're, so you're we, more strategy than. Yeah, oh yeah, of force. yeah, way more strategy. E- even today, it's like, yeah, they're gonna hit that cone and possibly roll. I, I'll probably go this route and let them screw up. I mean, it, it just, yeah, more of a strategy. strategy. That's what I loved about it.
0: And so you've morphed into now you amazing rock crawler, amazing moon buggies. You've graduated into moon buggies, and then your current one is a Jesse Haynes fab car.
1: Correct, pretty, pretty penny. penny. Yeah,
0: It's like when you rolled that car out with. Penny copper wheels. It was pretty flooring.
1: It's pretty cool. It, it's it's. Uh, there's no way to trick out or make a moon buggy sexy. So I, I saw these copper wheels on a motorcycle. You know those motorcycle guys. I'm like man, no one's ever done a copper wheel in rock crawling. I'll go down to the chrome shop because that's where you get your stuff chrome too. Is where they do the copper plating and see what it takes. So I went down there and it's quite a process. They have to polish the wheel. They have to copper plate the wheel. They have to then polish it again and then they l- liquid clear coat it i mean it, it's a major process so anyway they turned out bitching oh they're kind of solidly just
0: bitching that's a good name for them
1: became known for that so back to the early 2000s um in 2006 i'm like man i really want to step up to the unlimited class and rock crawling was kind of dying off you know there's only some big names so i stepped up and i hit up mitch guthrie senior and uh He had a Shannon Campbell moon buggy, the first one that Shannon Campbell ever built. And uh, I bought that in 2006 and competed in that moon buggy from 2006 to 2009, won a bunch of events. And then in 2009, now mind you, Lasernut started in 2007. Rock crawling was kind of dying. And I haven't done any recreational wheeling since 2000. So I'm like, well, let's focus on the business and let's go recreation wheeling. So I, I sold the moon buggy. And I've always wanted a Twisted Custom um, rock buggy. So I bought this four-seater Twisted Custom rig and started coming out the hammers. And a lot of the trails I've never wheeled because I was always competing. So we started wheeling all the trails, and then we started making our own. I love making trails. I love going up a canyon that no one's ever been up. That's just, that's just and figuring it out. And figuring it out. That, that is so much fun. And then I started focusing on the company from 2009 to 13, built the company up. And that's when I, I never went to King of the Hammers. Never. Oh, wow. Never. I'd watch it online. I'd, I'd see who won because I knew if I went, I'd want to build a car. It, it, I either drive a car. I got to have it. So I don't drive a car. You know, Cameron Steele, he wants me to go drive his trophy truck. And I no, I don't want to drive a trophy truck because I don't need a trophy truck.
0: <laughs> so, anyways. I like Kim. I like Kim so much right now.
1: <laughs> so... um. So in 2000, let's see, back to dates. Uh, So, yeah, I focused on rock crawling, family, and work. 13, went to the King of the Hammers. Randy's lost in one that year. What do we do? Hey, Randy, can you build me two bombers? One for you, one for your dad. One for me, one for my dad. So he built two bombers, went to King of the Hammers in 2014, got a top 20. Um, And then the next year, I got a top 10. My dad finished also. And uh, that's when I said, man, I, I will never, I will never beat Randy Slauson in, in a in a bomber. I mean, he built the car, he knows the car, and he's fast. And I, I I always joke around. It's, I mean, driving 80 miles an hour, driving a forklift is is just not me. The car just goes all. I gotta have something that I I can take my hand off the wheel at 80 and it just do its thing. So I hit up Armada Engineering, who I was doing laser cutting for. And we came up with this um, crazy out of the box car.
0: Technology forward.
1: Technology forward. They're really innovative and will listen to everything you wanted to do. And you know, I wanted it no axles, uh, independent front and rear. And uh, it's the car we have today. We've had a lot of um, hurdles, we'll call it, over the last three years with Pr- the car. Prototypical. Yeah, yeah, prototypical. That, that's one thing I, I've, all, I've never, I don't like doing pro, pro, anything new because there's such a, you have to prove it line, out. yep. And that's why we went with the Bomber. I mean, it's. I still have the Bomber in my dad's, and it just works. So when you go something new, you got to... I mean, we, we've done a lot of work to get it to where it is today. But today, very confident. Um, well, anyways, I got that car. DNF, the first race, shouldn't have been at King of the Hammers. It actually showed up on the lake bed, like, the day before. I mean, it was not proven. We got to the third lap, fried a harness. The next year... We got a top 10. I think it was eighth. The year after that, lost the timing chain. Last year, we got to second lap and broke a... Um, we broke. I don't want to go into that, but we broke. So uh, this year, we've, we've, we've made everything better. Got more horsepower. Cameron's been learning how to rock crawl. And, so yeah, uh, we,
0: we jumped in that. Yeah, so you've, you actually aren't going to be in the car this year. You brought in a driver, Cam, Cameron Steele trophy truck guy yep. that we met out here. He was, we, we came in the gate with him this morning. And then he, is Wayne Israelson co-driving for him? Yes, sir. And Wayne, I mean, if you listen to the Talent Tank, Wayne was episode 11. I've known Wayne since the late 2000s. Amazing individual. And even our camera guy, when we were talking about Wayne, he goes, all Tech Wayne? I know Alltech Wayne. So <laughs> Wayne is Wayne's the guy.
1: Yeah, we got quite a team. I mean, you could not have the, uh, any better of a co-driver, Wayne. He's he's been part of winning Baja 1000s to rock crawling and knowing the hammers like the back of his hand. And just an all-around good guy. He's an, he's a an, he's just a good guy. And uh Cameron, same thing. You know, I I did it for 6 years and I and I said this year I just want to sit back. I, I, you know, they called me a team owner. So it, it's actually been great. I I I just no stress a little, little bit, but it, it, it I get to hang out with my family and enjoy enjoy the experience. And uh, I've been doing this for twenty five years, you know. I mean, for a long time. And
0: no, I th- I think what you're doing is really cool. I mean, it's uh, to sound almost redundant. I'm talking about on the other shows about like NASCAR stuff, where the guys go from being drivers or whatever to being team owners and being successful as a team. I look at you, and that's what you're doing. You're setting up yourself with the car, the technology, and the people to put the entire team on the box. Now,
1: yeah, that's the goal. I mean, there's we got to have some luck for sure. We we had an instance uh, earlier in the week where we the car caught fire, and we just got it back today. And uh, it, it just seems like you got to have a little bit of good luck, and everyone has to be on on point that day, and you know, go from there.
0: I know when. People have said, and you guys came out, that Cam Steele is going to be driving the car. A lot of people are like, oh, you're going to put this trophy truck driver in there. He's not going to know what to do. Cam Steele is no slouch and rookie or neophyte to the Hammers. He was here in, in 2008 for the 2008 King of the Hammers. He was a, he was a co-driver in that race. Or at least I believe he was a co-driver in that race. He was at the 2008, which is, oh seven was the OG 13. This is truly the first organized year of it, 2008. Cam Steele was there, and he's been here almost every year since, just not necessarily in the driver's seat. And then this week, how many races did he race this week?
1: Well, he's, he's done one. He did the Can-Am. That didn't go too well. And then he, he's racing with Bailey Cole.
0: In the EMC. In the EMC. And then he's racing his truck, the trophy truck yep. race on Thursday. And then he'll be in the 4400 race on Friday.
1: And then Saturday, King of the Motos.
0: King of the Motos. <laughs> I mean, this guy's a glutton for punishment. He's When
1: he amazing. commits, he, he fully commits. I mean, I, I'm actually, I was really worried that you know, he, he said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go out to the I'll learn." And, and, it, and it was starting to get later in the the year before, and I'm like, "Man, you're, we're not gonna do it." I'm like, "Dude, we need to go out and do it, or you're not driving the car, right?" <laughs> so he got in the car, and he's really he takes the whole thing in. He he know he does it on the motorcycle. He does it in the passenger seat. He, he can he, read lines. He can read lines. Um, I mean, he's gonna have to tone it back from driving a trophy truck, or you will break this car. It's 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 uh it only has. So much it's not
0: necessarily a desert sledgehammer. No, it's but uh, a finesse vehicle.
1: If they have a good day and they use their head, they're gonna get through it. They just gotta finish. Well, if they finish, they'll get a top ten.
0: For sure. And with Wayne in the passenger seat, he's gonna talk Cam down off of a million I hope so. A million cliffs. I, I think <laughs> I think they're there. No, I'm really excited for where they're where they're going. And before people start hitting me up and say, You need to carry Cam Steele, you need to interview Cam Steele, Cam and I, Cody set Cam and I up. <laughs> before the baja thousand this fall to make it happen we almost had it happen there's there's just situations and family instances where we weren't able to flange up and then we were going to do cam this week and then schedules didn't match up again and then coming in the gate this morning with cam cam rolls up to my truck so it's him and his raptor pre-runner and me and my chevy pre-runner and he's like we roll down the windows and we're looking at each other and he's like he's like cody told me I got a pre-run, no interviews. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> been it's bitching truck, and we're gonna do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the pre-running is a little more important. It's getting down to Absolutely. the to the nitty gritty. So this is one of the last days to pre-run, and uh, he has he, he needs to get out there and pre-run. So that's that's the goal to to know where they're going and what their plan is.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know we rolled in it. The plan was to be with you at six thirty in the morning for sunrise, and we are. It's 20 degree, 28 degrees outside and sunrise, and as. Uh, Caleb and I were leaving out of Hammertown getting in the truck to come from Hammertown just a couple miles south. There were big cars fired up and already on course pre-running just as the sun was starting to come up because exactly today is Monday and this is where this is your last shot.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So we've talked about Cam a bunch. A lot of people do know him as a trophy driver, Desert Assassins, and everything that that is. But how on earth did you guys meet (laughs) flange and get going and i know some of the stories
1: yeah it's pretty funny i one thing about myself is if if i see something and want something not that i want cameron but if i see something he's a sexy dude
0: he's what is he he's 50
1: (laughs) he looks good for 50 yeah he does he's gonna race five races this week one of
0: them's a motorcycle race (laughs) this guy
1: no but if i said like uh, okay we're doing this that i i i am set we're doing that i mean I, on anything on any level so anyway, sitting on the couch one weekend and, and saw x games uh trail missions i've seen it a couple of years and i'm like never been to baja looks like a lot of fun i mean there's kids and they're they're going to the beach and they're they're cruising in the dirt and they're having a good time so i go to my facebook and i type in cameron Steele and i knew who cameron Steele was as the the commentating and desert racing he has
0: and, he's commentated for king the hammers for and, for a bunch of years
1: yeah and um but i've seen the magazine i remember this one magazine him his wife heidi and uh their dog and they're at like in front of their house which they live in san Clemente. also i knew they were in san Clemente, and uh it was just a cool picture I, anyways i think it was in dirt sports or maybe another magazine. But anyways, I uh, I uh, hit him up. I said, hey, your trail emissions thing looks really cool. Um, I probably need to buy a Raptor. And uh, I'd love to go on it. And he sends back, well, get with Desert Assassins. Oh, Desert Assassins. I didn't really. I'm like, that sounds crazy, right? I mean, kind of intimidating, right? Uh, at least to me. So I'm like, well, aren't you Desert Assassins? And he's like, yeah, but you need to send it. I'm like, okay. So I sent it there and somehow we talk, start talking and and uh he had to vet me in, you know, call a few people and, did have to vet and, and and make sure I was not just some guy who didn't know anything. And uh I bought a Raptor and uh come to find out he drives by my house to go to work every for day. For twenty years. For twenty years. And I never knew it. And he 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 knew who he knew laser nut. He knew the rock crawler sitting on the side of the house. But it, the worlds are so small, but it, it's so crazy how you just don't ever meet up. So it was, anyways, it, it was funny. We just went to on trail missions with my three-year-old, my 13-year-old, my my wife, Lindsay. First time in Baja ever. I mean, we'd go to, I've gone to Tijuana or Mexicali looking at jobs, but not Baja. And like, man, this is really, How amazing really cool. That? So we did that. And then the second day on that trip, my truck broke. I'm like, Oh, I guess I'm done. Okay. Let's go back. He shipped my truck back and had one of his guys, get another truck and then he gave me his his monster long travel truck well that that was another bad decision because my truck didn't have long travel and the next trail missions which we got invited on which was cool uh, without the one with jason Shear, um i had to put a long travel kit on my truck which is which is great but a- anyways that we just we kind of brothers you know i i i've never been a oh he's a celebrity i I, I just say you know people are people dude. people put on their pants the same way every day and uh you know we we have we, we, we're we kind of brothers we kind of like have fun
0: well i had i heard this story uh chris cabrera told me this story about you when you got your raptor and chris like oh when you going to get some fiberglass fenders for it and long travel and you're like oh no, no no i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep it stock and then he goes does it look stock today
1: i go no that thing is awesome Yeah, so what's cool? One cool thing about being part of the industry is you're able to um, hit up uh, people that you do work for, and have them do work to your truck. So that truck's completely built. It originally was done by Baja HQ, uh, which they did a great job on the on all the modifications they made. But I built a relationship with Corey of RPG Off Road, and we do their laser cutting. So we went over to their kit and uh, with bypasses and stuff. And it's great. The only thing. If you guys, if anyone ever listened to this and wants a Raptor, if you go to the longer travel kit on the highway, it's not as easy to drive. It's, it's a little more squirrely, but on in the desert, it's amazing. It's amazing. That's
0: the, the long travel on my truck is, I feel it's amazing on and off road, but on road the steering i gave up a lot of steering to be able to get the travel yep so it turns like a school bus it doesn't fit in parking garages it doesn't do u-turns at all Uh, so there's some downsides there's some compromise but your truck looks bitchin i know my truck looks bitchin i'm very happy about that absolutely they look
1: yeah you know for, for me it's just it's it's the story i learned it's more it's the story of 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 life and sharing your experiences you know i i really try to make it a point i have a moon buggy the rock the rock crawler i'll let anyone drive it i've let 10 year old 50 year old 40 year old once when we were at a trail hero later this last year um i like 12 people drive it they they had to do something to win you, you know just made their life and and I, I mean it's cool that when they get out and they go man that's the best that's that's like the coolest thing i've done in my life like very that's cool so experience. cool and that's same with with the rock crawling there's a lot of people um, with the desert assassins that have never rock crawled before so it's cool to get them in the passenger seat and bomb up chocolate thunder you know and so they're just like man it. that's insane that is that i, can't that is I drove blast. that
0: I can't, I can't even walk that night and i drove it.
1: It, it it's a i'm really stoked i had to pinch myself that i'm able to do what i love and it's a business too and it all ties together. So it's and you're been, able
0: to incorporate your family, and yeah, and the families and in the Baja trips. Like and I see what Cam has done with with that the Trail of Missions deal, and it is. It's on ESPN. It's this fall. I was watching uh, some college football, and I was flipping the channels before the game started, and there's your head, fifty on a fifty inch TV. I'm like, whoa! whoa. And before I could put a pause to see what I'm looking at, Jason Shearer pops on. I'm like, well, what is this? And I ended up watching that that Trail of Missions show with Cam talking about. Everything, and then Casey Curry, and you, and Jason. I recognize those guys, and there's some guys I didn't recognize on there, but was Kurt Leduc was on there. It goes as well, right? Yes, and, and Kurt's great. Oh, he's 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 so awesome.
1: <laughs> Especially when he he gets stuck. <laughs> it's hilarious. Does Kurt get stuck? Yeah, he got stuck a few times his last trail of missions. Uh, uh, he, and then I got to pull him out at one case, so it was kind of cool to be able to pull, pull Kurt, Kurt Leduc, Leduc out. Because <laughs> he normally have a Jeep. And this time he brought he he built a a Ford F one fifty I think it was, and uh, it, Kurt Kurt's, Kurt's good, good good people good people. I, I've,
0: that's one of the things that I feel blessed about. You know, living all the way in Texas, but coming out to the West enough and knowing enough people and being in the the community so long that I've been introduced to people like that. So Kurt, I gotta he would open up his pit and stuff for best in the desert stuff. I would get a pit with him because of his relationship with Brian Smith and easy Rick Mooneyham and the Curry's. And, and so meeting him through that, it's like, this guy's just awesome. Yeah. And there's no wonder he's in the Offroad hall of fame. There's no wonder he's who he is because of how cool he is. But I really find that, you know, like the, the trailer missions being able to share that with your family. You said you took your three-year-old on it and you go down there and Jason Shear said the exact same thing. You go down to Baja, you've got all, all these trucks, all those, they're loaded with families you roll up to a beach, you get out, you surf, you float. It's just you cool. Have some cervezas, eat it, some tacos.
1: Yeah, and, and he, there's always cool people in the trick. I mean, there was K- Casey Curry and his whole family's cool, and then Ricky Berrett who just won Dakar. He, he's he's a he's a hoot. I mean, just people that you wouldn't. Uh, Jamie Beswick, he's a motorcycle or a BMX guy, and I mean, it just good times, just good times, good people. Everyone just everyone sharing the same passion, the like-mindedness. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: And. I've said it before. It is somewhat cliched, but it's like birds of a feather flock together. You know, we come from all different walks of life, all different regions, all different industries, but somehow we're all, there's a group of us that are still kind of wired the same. And, and, well, there's about 80,000 of them similarly wired the same that are out here on the lake bed this week. Man, Cody, thank you so much for uh, sitting down this morning. Thank you, Lindsay, for the coffee. Thank you guys for putting up with uh, Caleb and myself and this crazy idea to... Film on location down here at Lasertown, awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. I, can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Or a couple of other things. So, if anyone's wondering if I'm not gonna if I'm going to go back to go fast at at this moment, um, we're gonna try this new adventure with Cameron and see where it goes. Maybe San Felipe. Um, we do have a sixty one hundred truck being built, which will be done in the summertime. I looking for a driver because <laughs> uh, see, I'm having a struggle. Because I get motion sickness. I get motion sickness driving my truck to work and back. I've had it my whole life. It's not an inner ear issue. It's just an issue I have, and uh, um, and I have a hard time driving in dust. I just go fast is just not my thing. I've learned that, and that's completely and, it, and it's okay. hard. It's really hard to accept, but uh, it just isn't my thing. So if I, I feel if I can team myself with top drivers um guys in other classes that haven't had the opportunity to do ultra 4 6100 um i I think it'll be cool so the goal is to keep getting i think you're
0: spot on there there's guys that can be amazing drivers that cannot sit in the in the passenger seat and co-drive or amazing co-drivers that can't drive it's as you've seen in your business you take where your strategic advantages are and you leverage them to the nth degree to be successful and if in you in the key to doing that is knowing what your weaknesses are and leveraging them the other way and I think that's I think that's very cool that you are cognizant enough and the right word is i think the right word is selfless that you understand where your strengths are and your weaknesses are, and you have the capability and ability to put all these strengths together in the same basket and hopefully that they have success together
1: and that's a good point it's a good point you know running a race team. Is or hobby, whatever you want to call it. It's just like running a business, and you got to surround yourself with, with people that are better than you. Cameron Steele, he's way better the driver than I'll ever be, uh, or whoever else is going to be in the driver's seat. Or it's it, it just, it, you, I always, I've learned you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, and you, you keep growing. If you surround yourself with people that just that aren't smarter, <laughs> you're, you're the smartest one out of the group. So if it, it, it I love to grow, I love to do new things. And I mean, when we went to Japan a couple months ago and that I've never been to Japan and went rock crawling in Japan, I mean, that was a bucket list. Um, we got a cool thing coming out in April, which I can't share, but it's going to be cool for, for all generations, um, which ties to rock crawling. Um, I just love, I, I mean, I guess I, I just love, I love, I love new things and new experiences.
0: I love the way that you are putting your brand of DNA on the industry, on the sport, on the community. I think that's pretty cool, and as you said about the surrounding, still smart people. I'm one of those people. If I'm the smartest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room.
1: Exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. And 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 have a good time. It, life is only as long as it is. Or it, it's shorter than it's short. It goes by quick, and the older you get, it seems like it goes by faster. And uh, you just gotta gotta enjoy it. Well,
0: Cody, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you for the the short stint. Lindsay, for the coffee, you guys, for just the hospitality this week, it's been off the charts. This is such a, a cool and eclectic little c- compound you guys have here. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, good luck with your team Yeah. Uh, when it comes to Friday. You know, I'm going to be pulled for the Armada car. I am, There's too. So, so many good people out there.
1: We got so much, you know, we got to, we got to, let's, have, hopefully we have a good day. A lot of things have to go correctly.
0: You guys will have a good day. I hope so. Positive thoughts. Bring positive. Yes. Well, we are out. Thank
1: you for listening and taking a dive into The Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at The Talent Tank or our website, thetalentank.com.